Hey, this is Heather Kiros, author of First Century Youth Ministry, and you're listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. What's going on, everybody? Paul Turner here from thedisciplesproject.net. I'll be your host right here on the podcast, and uh, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about pre-camp activities, pre-camp What do you do the week before camp or the month before camp? Well, I have a few suggestions for you, so I hope you'll stay tuned for that. And I want to thank Heather Kiros for kicking us off by introducing the podcast. You can check out her episode. I'll leave a link in the show notes where you can listen to hers about first century youth ministry and how you can use those principles from the first century to better design your youth ministry, to better reflect the gospel in your youth ministry. And so uh, if you want to check out that episode, I'll leave a, a link down in the show notes as well. So we're going to jump into today uh, by talking about the motion metrics. And if you're not familiar, motion metrics is where I talk about all the really cool people that listen to this show. And you are one of them. If you're listening to this show right now, you must be awesome because you're checking out the Youth Ministry Motion podcast, the podcast that seeks to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. So I want to say thank you to you for listening and being a part of the show today. So today, let's see who has been listening to the podcast. Well, uh, there's a city called Solo. And by this, by the way, this this is an international show. Lots of people from around the world listen. Uh, there's Solo. There's Ismaining and Columbiana. Those are the three big cities that have been listening. And the countries by which these cities are from, Solo uh, is in Indonesia. So I want to welcome Indonesia and all the youth ministry work that you're doing there. I want to say thank you to Germany. Germany coming up big the past couple of weeks, I have to say. And I want to say shout out to you. And of course, the U.S., Columbiana. And Columbiana can be anywhere. Columbia. I think Columbiana is in South Carolina, maybe. There's a Columbiana right here in uh, Alabama, but I don't know anybody from there that would be listening. But if you are, you can always head over to our Facebook group. Once again, link in the show notes and tell us. Talk to me, Germany, Indonesia. Go over to the Facebook group. I'll put a link and you go show up there and tell us your story. Tell me what kind of youth ministry you're doing in Germany and in Indonesia and in Colombiana. And wherever you may be from, you are welcome to come in and uh, join the discussion where we talk about the topics that we talk about on this youth ministry, because I, that's my goal. I want to, I, I look for depth of conversation, not just facts, not just scanning, not just bullet points, but actual conversations with, between real youth workers about real subjects that we need to talk about. So come over there and join us in the Facebook group. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the uh, six things that I did when I was a youth pastor, the six things that I did the week before camp. And you can use this and adopt this in any way. You can spread it out. You can do all six in one week. You can do it, you know, a couple of weeks before, however you choose to spread it out. But just so you know, the these things are, I think they were important to me because it laid, it was part of laying the foundation of camp. And we're going to do a, a few camp episodes. Uh, they're going to help you. And we're going to do more episodes next year. I'm going to get really uh, down on the planning of camp because it's just such a critical, uh, important part of, of, you know, youth ministry that I'm going to start it probably in December. I'm going to do start doing camp episodes because you need to be planning then. Uh, January too. So it may not be a streak of them the way I'm going to do them now, but they are going to be 
camp and, and how to plan and, and all that kind of good stuff. So just be, be prepared for that. So let's go ahead and talk about it. So uh, camp, I love it. I love camp. Uh, I still go and speak down in Florida at the camp that I got saved at, interacting with students there. And it is a, just an important place to me. Uh, it's my 20th year that I'll be speaking there. And I'm just super grateful, super happy. Uh, it's just going to be awesome this summer. I, I can't wait. And, uh, and when I did camp with uh, students in, uh, in you know, the youth ministries that I've served, camp was always important. It was always a critical uh, uh, segment of the youth ministry where, where we didn't just, I wasn't just hoping for, um, you know, salvations. I was hoping for connection. I was hoping for group community to happen, right? That I, I and, and once again, God is in control of the salvation part. I can't, I don't expect camp to do all the heavy lifting. I mean, the speaker's there, all that's there. And yes, I want them to accept Jesus, but I, I also want them to grow together. That's kind of the thing. You know, I was just uh, talking with a coaching client just recently, uh, and I do coaching for youth pastors, if you didn't know. And we talked about this, that there, where there's so much emphasis on camp as the main place where students get saved, right? We say, oh, they're going to get saved at camp. Yet, how often does it happen where the huge, we look, the mountaintop does not last. And then, you know, they're in the valley again. And it's this long thing that goes, you know, we, we have put such high hopes and expectations in the camp that there's a bit of a letdown afterwards because we don't see the kids, you know, we don't see their lives post-camp in the mix there. We don't see lifestyle change. We don't see the various things that we want to see sometimes. And we have to be uh, careful. And as I talk with this youth worker, I said, what if you changed your perspective on camp? What if you said, this isn't the big moment? What if this camp, what if youth camp isn't about uh, everybody getting saved at the altar, crying and snotting on each other, uh, only to come back from camp and go, well, that was, uh, that was kind of a bummer, <laughs> you know, uh, we come back from camp and, and then you're just, you know, off to the races and, and you have some great memories. Uh, but there's no, uh, there's no significant depth of change, uh, towards Jesus. I said, what if you took this camp and said, why is this not a celebration of a year long worth of salvations? Why are we celebrating every commitment to Christ made on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday morning. Why can't camp be rather than the the high point of your year in the sense of saying, oh, this is where kids go to receive Christ. How come we don't just say, listen, this is a celebration time. It is a time of celebrating all that God has done this year. And then taking camp and turning it into a more of a communal thing amongst your students, uh, rather than saying, hey, you know what? The highlight will be service tonight, you know, where everybody comes to the altar and, and cries on each other. And I just think maybe the perspective could change. Maybe it's a year of celebration of all that God has done versus our expectations being that everybody's going to get saved uh, at the altar. And, and, you know, once again, I believe in those things. I've seen many kids come to Christ, but I've also seen many kids, you know, come to the altar and their Instagrams show no change whatsoever. So once again, sanctification, right? Uh, we want to see that part too. We don't want to just see kids go to the altar. We want to see kids become lifelong followers of Jesus. So just a little thought to kind of kick that off, just kind of, you know, think about that for a second. What if we, what if I use camp as a celebration for the year versus uh, the the pinnacle of all things 
and saying, uh, you know, that post camp, then, you know, we're going to be disappointed when we start seeing the Instagram photos. And we say, well, 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 but he went to the altar and she went to the altar and we had a good talk. And then we don't see what we want to see. Once again, that's in God's hands. We can't control any of that. Okay. What we can uh, control is celebration and we can celebrate the year of all that God has done in the lives and the hearts of our kids throughout the year. So let's go ahead and talk about what I do week before. So number one, uh, I meet individually with students who I think may or may not cause a problem. It's real simple. If you know who they are, you know who the kids are that, that may or may not be a problem. And you, you don't want them to miss camp, but you also say, look, I also don't want them, you know, setting the camp on fire either, you know, and not in the, in the Holy ghost way, um, just in, just in general, just flames and, and the burning of bunk beds and, and whatnot. Right. So I usually go to those guys and I challenge them to step up and lead, or I give them a job for the week, such as, you know, watching out for younger students, you know, making sure they don't get picked on and say, look, man, I need you to keep an eye on the sixth grader, or the seventh grader. And uh, would you, would you do that for me? Because giving them a sense of responsibility and ownership over the camp uh, is just tremendous as a tremendous growth tool. Um, and once again, they, you have to judge every person, right? I don't go to them and say, hey, now, listen, kid, don't cause trouble this week. That's not, that's a, that's a bad way to do it. Don't do it that way. Go to them and say, I have, listen, man, I just want to tell you, I have just high hopes for you this summer. I just, I'm praying for you. Uh, I am, I am, I just want you to know that I'm there for you this week, man. Uh, I just want you to know that I, I just think it's going to be a special time for you. And uh, I look forward to just, you know, connecting with you in ways that I haven't been able to do before. Uh, I said, would you mind doing me just a favor? Would you make sure that so-and-so, uh, this kid or this guy or this girl, would you just make sure that they have a good time? Would you keep an eye on them? And, you know, just give them a, a small responsibility and maybe even use them in other fashions as well. But the week before, I just give that call. And it's usually, you know, maybe two weeks before. Just kind of give them a, you know, a little a, a little uh, talk, right? And just kind of say, hey, just be aware. I, 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 I see more. I see more in you, right? So let's work together on this. Build, start to build that. Don't wait for something bad to happen, right? Start to invest in them now. Number two, I communicate uh, I over communicate with parents about any changes. So if there's a change in times we're coming home, if there's changes uh, when we're leaving, if there's changes in things that students must bring, I over communicate, I over communicate, I text, I use social, I email, whatever it is, I make sure that there is zero reason why a parent would not know this. I, I will put things in the mail, in the snail mail to them. Uh, I will bring it to their house, but I will communicate with them the changes that uh, may or may not be happening. So, you know, I let them know and say, hey, this is a possibility, but but there's no downside to over-communicating with your parents about changes. So uh, make sure you communicate those changes. If so, Even the smallest changes. Uh, better to let parents know than for them to find out in a way that maybe you don't want them to find out. You must control the message and how, and the medium of how they get that message. Number three, I make sure every kid has signed our camp standards covenant. You say, Paul, that's just a piece of paper. They don't, they don't really do that. Well, let me tell you something. The, the, the parents need to know that there are, but once again, it's not so much that the kid signs it and suddenly they're going to be beholden to them. But listen, when you have a problem, 
or or something is violated, you know that they signed it and said, "Hey, listen, buddy, man, you signed this and said you weren't going to do any of these things. I, I need you. To, I need you to be on board with me. I need you to be on on team youth group this week. I need you to be. I need you to you know follow these things." And the parents also know that the child is signing this. In fact, there's a place at the bottom, I believe, where you can put uh, a parent's name and uh, the students can sign it. So if you want to do a Camp Covenant, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well. So you can just download it. It's generic. You can, you know, copy and paste it and put your name at the top, you know, put your youth group's name or whatever it may be. But I think a Camp Covenant's super important to have. Is it a make or break that that kid signs it does he get to go if he doesn't sign it? Yeah, he gets to do it. He gets to do it, but you're going to reiterate it. You're going to take the, the the covenant and you're going to do a video about it, right? You're going to list all in the video. You're going to email it to parents. You're going to email them the PDF or you're going to whatever. Say, look, uh, I'm communicating this, over communicating this, just so you know that, that if there's a problem and these standards are broken, that it's possible that your child may go home. And you don't want them to go home. You just want to you just want to say, look, there's expectations here, so that every camper, every student in your youth ministry has a powerful and fun time at camp. And the only way that happens is if everybody kind of holds it together the best way they know how, and you have standards for that. And you, the parent signs it, the student signs it, and everybody's on the same page because they know uh, that this is going to happen. I'm going to do an episode possibly next week on discipline at camp. So you, this is an important piece of that. And I'll, it's laying the foundation for that. So be sure to tune in for next week for that. Uh, number four, I think of a surprise or bonus I can spring on the kids that week. So at the end of camp, I think to myself, or mission strip, I say, what's the bonus value here? What What are we going to do? How can I surprise them? And this may be free t-shirts. This may be... Um, uh, I take them for ice cream at a really cool place coming home. I find a restaurant. I, I kind of, you know, maybe, you know, or maybe it's a place you've never been. And you say, look, I'm going to look up Yelp and I'm going to find the zip code of the camp. And I'm saying, I want to find a really cool place and I'm going to treat everybody to this wonderful dessert or uh, crazy beef jerky that's there or whatever it is. You find something special. It's the icing on the cake. It's the last memory that kids will have of camp, right? You want to make sure that there's a positive thing. Sure, everybody's going to be sleeping in the van on the way home or the bus and all that. But listen, you can make a stop if it's if it's short enough and, and it's not too out of the way. Figure out how can you bring one more bonus, right? Maybe it's giving every uh, a kid a, a, a journal to uh, kind of, you know, uh, work out their thoughts or it's a prayer journal or it's a, a Bible study or it's a free gift to them and say, hey, Here's something for you. Once again, it could be as simple as just pick, go, go getting ice cream for everybody. Uh, I've done it where I've taken all the kids to the movie. You probably won't don't want to do this after camp because you have to get kids home. But I know after a mission trip, because we're, we're out of the state or out of the country, I find a movie theater and we, we go to the movies it was fun. So it was just a fun thing for them to do. So find out what is that surprise? What is that extra bonus you can give those kids on the last day? It can be an experience or it can just be something you give them, right? Uh, number five. Make sure I made sure that my pastor had a count and a list of the campers names so he or she could pray for us individually. Right. Uh, in my case, it was a he, your pastor, maybe a she. But either way, you're giving them a list so they know every camper that is going with you. They have the list. They know who's there. And he and you're saying, listen, pastor, I sure could appreciate your prayers. Would you pray for these students this week? Would you pray that God touches their heart? 
uh, and, you know, let them show them the, make sure the pastor knows what your standards are. Say, look, this is my covenant here with I'm making with students because I want us to have a powerful and positive time there. And uh, just so you know, these are what, this is my criteria. This is what I'm basing these things on. This is what I'm looking at. So if a parent, um, you know, gets fussy and says, and you say, pastor, it's on the covenant. I asked them to do this. They signed it. Uh, the parents signed it. The students signed it and so forth. So they have that information. But if there's anything else you need to update your pastor and say, hey, look, I'm taking the kids for ice cream after I'm putting it in the budget. And so I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on ice cream coming home, whatever it may be. But let your pastor be a part of that camp process where they're investing prayers, where they're investing some time. Maybe the pastor comes up one night. You say, pastor, would you come up on the last night of camp? and pray with kids if it's close enough for you, if you have it in your schedule, just come join us, come hang with us, even just hang with us for the day. Surprise the kids. What a cool surprise it would be for your pastor to come to camp and say, hey, look, I'd love for you to just be a team leader today or whatever it is, just something fun. And I think your kids would enjoy that. And I think that that bonds your your pastor to your students. And it just and maybe they're waiting for an invitation like that. You know, surprise your pastor and say, hey, I'd like you to be involved. Come, come hang with us for a little while. Now, the sixth and final one is I meet one final time with parents right before the trip. I usually do it after after church, and it's just 10 minutes. It's a 10-minute talk to challenge them to prepare home where where students can enter back into and say, look, parents, all these kids are, are going to be coming, you know, you're going to reiterate things like the covenant. You're going to reiterate things like, um, you know, make sure everybody's got their, their list. Everybody have their list. If you don't have your list, I have copies here, whatever it may be. Um, but in let parents know, it makes them a part of the discipleship process that says, listen, prepare a home that students can come back into and live their lives for Christ. You know, maybe the parent has something special at home for them. Maybe the parent has a new Bible for them. Maybe the parent has um, some sort of sacred space uh, that they've created or some put something in their room. Uh, maybe something that's thematic with the camp that the parent does. Include the parents in that process because say, look, these kids are coming home being, you know, juiced up on Mountain Dew and Oreos and everything else and Jesus. But say, look, I, I, I just parents just know that these kids are coming back and they're all at various stages of development and spiritual growth. Parents, what can you do to help facilitate this and give them some ideas? Make a list and say, parents, what can you do? And that obviously helps the helps the cause overall that a student is going to follow Christ, especially if parents are trying to follow Christ as well and trying to help their student uh, participate in the faith. And so that's my six. That's my six there. And I have, I have more uh, advice coming about camp and things that you can do to help facilitate the discipleship process, which is ultimately the end goal. It's not just camp. It's lifelong. It's lifelong, right? It's being lifetime followers of Jesus. It's not just having a camp experience, but setting students up to follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. And so guys, that is it for today. All these things are going to be in the show notes. So go to the links, go to all those things down there. And uh, I'm also going to put a link to our Facebook group. If you're interested in that, please go be a part of that. Uh, join the discussion, ask questions. We have lots of uh, administrators in there uh, that can help answer questions ministry-wise, guys that have been in the ministry a while. And of course, I'm in there to be able to help answer questions as well. Um, and that is it, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and being a part 
of uh, this uh, podcast, which I do for you, because I want you to succeed. I just do. I just want you to win. I want so many. I want you to take the W's, man. Uh, and camp is a great opportunity for that. I know you guys are doing your best. I know you guys. Some of you are struggling, but let me tell you something. You're doing a good job. If nobody's told you that lately, let hear it me. But turn up the volume. You're doing a good job, and you're going to get better. You're just going to get better. You you are. Uh, and my hope is that you'll keep listening to the podcast, uh, getting some information, and then uh, if there's anything I can help you with, then of course, reach out to me through the Facebook group or through email or through the website, thedisciplesproject.net. Come join me over there and see what I have to offer. All right, guys, that is it for today. I hope that you have an amazing week this week, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.